0: Something always has to die. That doesn't sound right. But think about it. Paid ads, trade shows, cold calls, those died at the hands of inbound marketing, right? Just like lead forms and old forms of sales outreach and follow ups and lead nurturing, those are dying at the hands of conversational marketing. Or are they? Do we have all of this right? On today's Ground Table on the Ground Up Podcast, we're diving in. All right. So this is either going to be a disaster or it's going to work out. It's going to work out pretty well. So on today's first ever ground table, I'm sharing the mic with three people who know the digital marketing space pretty well to talk about how the website conversion is evolving or not. So I'm joined by, I'm going to get this right, Andrea Lechner Becker, CMO at LeadMD. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Also, John McTighe, a veteran in the digital marketing space <laughs> uh, and general troublemaker, self proclaimed. He co owned and served as EVP at Kuno Creative for 14 years. John, good to have you.
1: Thank you very much, John.
0: And last but not least, uh, Peter Caputa, the CEO at DataBox, AKA my boss. So, Pete, boss. glad to used have to you. Be, here.
2: Used to be your friend, as you refer to <laughs> me. <laughs> no. When that you last
0: introduced me. yeah, uh, He was a friend first. That was a better way to he was say it. Right, there then, you go. Then boss later on. That, that, that's, that's what I that's meant. Um, right. So yeah, let's get into it. So we had published a few reports. Uh, one was several months back on forums versus website chat. At the time, it was like 33% of the respondents in the survey said they mostly used lead forms which at the time I was like okay so that, that that's a lot they 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 said they didn't really use chatbot they still mostly use lead forms however that same report said that 20% of them said uh, or 20% had made the move completely to chatbots so they ditched lead forms kind of like how drift made famous a couple years ago when they removed all the lead forms off their site so 20% said they had done the same thing uh and then this week uh, we actually came out with. Before them. you go
2: on, I would suggest there's some confirmation bias in that because yeah. the, the way you asked the question was they they had to have some knowledge of of chat, so you probably attracted the people that were well, that sure,
0: yeah, tried chat. Pete, go Pete's going to keep us plan. honest here, yeah. I, yeah. Uh,
1: well yeah and they were marketers you know so right. it's like pulling polling the prison guards about the humanity <laughs> at the prison right
0: all right all right you know like let's let's just we're the, just ready to get into the debate we're all the, fired up the data is what it right yeah so it is it, it, marketers certainly they're probably more proficient in website chat so sure that at, from, from a wider industry standard those numbers would probably be lead forms would probably be like 90% of people are still relying right. on lead forms or maybe even higher right awesome. uh but from in our our ecosystem yeah it was it was pretty pretty high for for website chat uh, and then this week we had another report and basically this one was kind of about what people are doing to still have to to still maintain high conversions on their website forms and uh it, it was like f- close to th- it was like 35% of people said they're getting 9 to 10% conversion rates on their landing pages where they have website forms and and not chat at all which i which i thought was pretty high probably higher than the industry standard if we rolled that out but still uh, that seemed like it was a it was a pretty solid number um in the comments when i shared this For post bo-
2: if it's a the bottom of the
0: funnel lead form i'd say right. yeah
2: right, right. But, if it's a ebook or something like that that's pretty low
0: right right if it yeah if if we're talking a consultation Andrea, what or do you think? yeah yeah
1: well if you look at all industries, 2% is the norm. So, uh, you for know, that's like, page, yeah, at
0: a high. Right. For any page. Yeah.
1: But you, um, I know from
2: logging into the Kuno portal way back, you had ebooks that we get like 30, 40, 50% conversion rates, right? Those landing pages. Yeah. ebooks. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Middle of funnel stuff. Yeah. Tends back to, in the day. Yeah. Back <laughs> in
3: <laughs> yeah. Back in I mean, I, I think conversions on chat is also, I, I mean, it's such a different kind of metric, right? So like you're putting, you're popping up just like every place, right? So like you're popping up on a homepage most of the time. Um, And I mean, does anyone really expect a 10% conversion on every pop-up? Like probably not. Um, So I, I do think there's this huge, there's all of this nuance to, you know, who's hitting your website? How did they get there? What are you trying to get from them that a lot of these stats don't really incorporate. Which, well, you know, I don't if know.
0: only we had access to data, the actual data, John. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, and I think it's a good point, and one I mentioned to Pete yesterday, which is I think a lot of marketers confuse response rate with con- actual conversions. Like you, you, totally. you're getting fifty or sixty percent response rate on your chat, which is which is great, but you're just you're you're answering a lot of questions. You're dealing with leads uh, that that might not be even qualified. Whereas a conversion on a on a landing page that's maybe much lower, um, but some higher people intent.
2: respond to our chat just to tell us they don't need help. Right. It's like our question is, would you like help? You right. know, after we say something, and they're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So that or that's a response, but like obviously yeah. not really helpful.
3: Yeah. Or it's like they put in a dummy email address, right, just to right. get it to go away, and you're like, damn it, like that's the exact thing right. that I'm trying to avoid right. by having a chat there.
0: Right. So. so our first question, let's get into the first question uh, <laughs> to, to get the guidepost uh, 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 constructed here. Are website forms dead or dying? John, why don't you kick us off?
1: Well, they're obviously not dead because everybody's still using them. But I think they're dying. And the reason I think that is really two reasons. One, the user experience sucks, especially on content marketing. You know, nobody wants to fill out multiple forms every time they want to download something you know nobody wants these interstitials and pop-ups and things that happen in the middle of reading something you know oh, you don't so love those uh, lo- everybody loves this <laughs> or or uh, the the worst or the best i guess depending on your point of view is when you have to convert to read the rest of the article that you know that just pisses you off <laughs> <laughs> cuz you're already bought in and reading that yeah, yeah. Uh, so so Go ahead, finish your thought. Well, that's the first Don't one. The thought. second one's probably more important, and that's data privacy. You know, that's it's already here. California's already got restrictions. You got GDPR, and there's going to be a federal law about this before very long. So collecting data is going to be much, much tougher, and you can't do it on every single thing that's out there, right? So, you know, that's coming, too. So, So those two things. I think it's going to be a dying art and it's going to be replaced by conversational marketing and, oh. you know, human to human marketing and stuff like yeah. that. Right after we automate everything on the blockchain, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Andrew, I know you, you're, you're of a similar mindset, right? Uh, what are your thoughts on website forums? Are they dying? Uh,
3: I mean, I, I think so, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I think about, you know, especially the idea of a website form for content was always supposed to have this sort of gentleman's agreement, right? The idea conceptually is I am giving you something of value, and therefore I am asking of something valuable back from you. And I think that the reason that people have lost favor with that is they aren't getting the value in the content. So it feels like a cheat, right? Like when I, and I'm gonna totally call out marketing profs right now, like they gate a lot of their content, just articles. And I feel like their content has become clickbaity and not very valuable. And so the idea of you asking me to sign up like your, the New York times, when you don't have New York times level content, that isn't fair. And it annoys me. And now I don't read your stuff at all anymore. Like, congratulations, you've just lost a customer. Um, and so I think that that's the thing that people have to be really honest about. Like, if you're going to gate something, the gentleman's agreement was always you have something valuable to provide to me. And that's why I'm sharing my information with you. And if you don't have that value, you shouldn't be asking for the email. Um, and I think that too many people have too core of standards in that regard and they've they've ruined it for the rest of us. And so I think that when people even, you know, what I see in our chat a lot is people test it, right? Like tell me a joke. Like let's see how smart <laughs> you are, you know? Yeah, like yeah. and so I think people are constantly testing to say, are you worth my time? Like and frankly, like we've written a joke because somebody asked and then and it doesn't mm-hmm. work a lot, but like we wrote a joke for our little What's chat. The What's the joke? Uh, I don't remember off the <laughs> top of my head. Wow, uh, you pulled me out.
1: Okay, I have um, the joke.
3: Uh, we'll yeah, like test I'm your
1: right now. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> I wanted to
3: go. Please don't. Oh my gosh, I'm like so nervous now. This is the other thing about about this, right? Is like like every marketer, I think, or like marketers in general, right? Like we're pretty judgmental people. And I, I feel like um, every time I say something that I've done, I'm like, oh shit, like people are going to hate it and they're going to make fun of me. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's I, my I think goal with my,
2: with, with <laughs> I people, some people hate
3: it. Yeah. So I, I, think I can that, vouch that, for
0: that. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> part you. of the, the,
3: the dynamic that's happening, right. Is like, I think marketers especially are, are really frustrated by the lack of valuable content. Um, and so the exchange doesn't, doesn't make sense
0: anymore p is there something here like uh that yeah i uh, do think
2: so i'll give them both they make valid points although i don't think that means that forms are dying like i would agree that uh not all forms that that mark marketers abuse everything that that uh we have and I'll, I'll i'll pick on someone too just to make you feel better that you're not the <laughs> only one picking on someone but the other day i downloaded an intercom ebook and it it couldn't have been more than like it was a, it was a it, it took me to an HTML page, first of all, not even, like, something to download. And it, and it couldn't have been more than, like, 500 words. It was just, like, fancy, like, graphics moving off the screen and some words, like, in 18 font with two double spaces. It, like, it was like a, you know, a crappy report that somebody did the, the night before. There was no stats. There was no research um, with it. Uh, there wasn't. There was, like, one case study or one example, not even really a good case study. Um, and I was looking for substance on that topic. So I was really not only did I not get what I, I was disappointed that I didn't get what I expected, uh, or hoped from you know an amazing company like Intercom. Um, and then to Andrea's point, um, I got bombarded with like three or four four emails from a salesperson. She actually connected with me yesterday. Uh, I don't know why I picked up, but I picked up my phone, and she's like, "Oh, I'm calling to see if it's a good time." and She was very good on the phone, but um, I and I said, "Did you, like?" 30 seconds. And says do you know we're a customer? And she's like, oh, oh, you a data box is? I'm like, yeah, we're, we're a customer at Intercom. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, and she laughed and I laughed and we were fine because I love Intercom. I'm not going to knock them too much, but, uh, but like the, that experience was l- less than stellar. Like it was clearly just trying to get me as a lead and, and really I wasn't impressed with the content that they put there. So, um, so I can totally agree with Andrea that a lot of marketers aren't doing a good job with it, um, but uh, it's still like marketers need some way to kind of get paid for the work that they are doing when they do good work. Uh, and I think capturing a, a lead uh, is what is that currency, right, um, for the marketer. So but I just don't think that's going be, away anytime right? soon.
1: It shouldn't be, Pete. You should get paid for all the opportunities you drive to the sales pipeline. Or sure, you should- but but there's still you still need to capture that lead. Not everybody
2: that finds your site is going to remember you three months down the line when they need need something. Right? There's 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 no way for the salesperson to customize their um, their approach to you if they don't know what your interests are from looking at. Oh no, I'm
1: not arguing that. Site, right? I'm just saying that. The reason that marketers do this is is wrong also. You know, capturing leads has no value, you know, not intrinsically. Well, some percentage of them
2: convert. I know you're not going to argue with that. So how do you say it has no value?
1: Because the real value is how well are you converting the right leads, well,
2: that's, that's also a value, but to do that, you need to capture the lead. You want to capture that lead as early in their buying process or research process as possible. So the well, market, and the sales that's team. That's a
1: marketing funnel philosophy, but I'm saying if you take like an ABM approach, you're going out and you're contacting people that you actually want to have a conversation with. Sure, but you when, when, when you want them to come around your website so you can start to track what they see and sure. tailor
2: your approach. Further.
1: Absolutely. So I think forms are, are legit for that, you know, totally. It's the top funnel, you know, fish with a net things that just don't work, especially if they're done wrong, like we're talking about here.
0: Yeah. Right. I, th- I think in many cases, I think
1: top of the funnel is key. It, that, yeah.
2: that's where lead forms are are valuable. I don't need to chat with someone if if I'm still just learning or if I'm if I think they have something interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay, then just convert me once, though. Don't convert me every single <laughs> time I touch your website. Progressive
0: profiling. Um, you disagree with progressive profiling, John? How are we
1: yes. more? Have a conversation and do your progressive profiling there. I don't know. I still think, uh, I think
2: from a perspective of having a conversation with every, you know, I'll, I won't use a curse word, but every jerk that visits your website, like, that's a waste of time. Um, well, then like, use a chatbot instead of a... Yeah, a chatbots chatbot. are stupid, though. They're, they're not intelligent. No, they're, I mean... Like, it's like talking to a two-year-old. That's, like, they don't remember the whole thing you told them a minute ago. They remember only, they, they can only... And they can only tailor their response based off of the last thing you told them. Well, like, some chatbots,
0: not all, but some chatbots are just forums in disguise. It's asking exactly. the same information. It's just it's baiting you every step of the way. Not, not, I'm not saying all chatbots are crappy. Some, some have a good experience. But this takes us into our second question. It's a good segue. Um, chatbots and live chat. Is it really a better experience? Andrea, what, what's your take Is the experience that much better with chatbots and live chat?
3: I don't really care about that distinction. You know, I mean, I feel like um, I feel like there was an eye roll or like a, a giggle about the concept of conversational marketing. Like, I think like, let's all be honest, like, you know. Drifts trying to create a category, right? Like we all know how SaaS works. Um, and they're they're trying to create this thing, but like this is sort of my beef with like a lot of SaaS products is like, what do you do though? Do you know what I mean? Like, I have a pain. I am trying to chat with my customer. I don't care if you call it conversational marketing, I don't care if you call it. Flying with unicorns. I don't care what you call it. The bottom line is, I have a. That's our new a thing, market.
0: John. Flying with unicorns. Wide open market. I,
3: what does DataBox do? We fly with unicorns in <laughs> data. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I know you won't swear, but I will. Um, but it's part of my brand. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I, I I do. I think it's one of those things where it's like I don't really care. Like I I don't see a distinction, to be honest. Like, and I, yeah, that's sort of the way that I think about it.
0: John, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I, know, I know you had a few in the comments. Chat, the Chatbots versus yeah. well,
1: live chat. I, I incorrectly used the term chatbot bot when I meant live chatbot. chat. So live I chat. think live chat, live chat has some value if it's backed by people who know what the hell they're talking about. And they're actually available. And they actually answer questions intelligently. So there's a bunch of ifs there.
0: Those are all pretty challenging, especially if you're a smaller team, right? So like no it, you no know doubt. uh in the in the 14 years you spent at Kuno uh, how would you, would you, did, was the team uh did you have the bandwidth to be able to so during that time right lead forms were everything right lead forms and yeah. lead nurturing and you know the the inbound playbook um if if this at all happened now would you have had the bandwidth to be able to do live chat. So you're saying chatbots, um, you know, you're, you're talking about live chat specifically as being a better experience. Would you Would you guys have had the bandwidth to be able to service people hitting your homepage and the blog post? You guys had a big blog. You're probably driving a ton of traffic. So how would you have handled that to, to, to have a better experience?
1: Well, I, I would have done things differently. I would have assigned, say, the um, inbound consultants. Each one of them has to man the live chat for X number of hours a day or week or whatever, so there's always somebody there. That's that's number one, um, and I think larger companies, not necessarily agencies, really need to think about staffing up customer service in that respect with people who know what they're talking about. Not just for product calls and questions, but for pre-sales activity to help. Potential customers figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Um, Yeah, I think that's where the investment, a lot of investment needs to be rethought, you know, in marketing.
3: And I think so um, just to piggyback on that a little bit, you know, what ends up happening in customer support roles or live chat roles is everyone has their sort of wiki right? Where someone asks a question and they're searching the wiki and they're going to copy and paste whatever answer someone has told them to put there to, uh, John's point. If they don't know the answer, if they're not smarter than a bot essentially. Um, and so you're sort of just replacing that mechanism of a human being, misunderstanding a question and responding to it with a machine, misunderstanding the question and responding to it. The only difference is, is that you also have the time investment of some other human being that has to go set up the bot to do that misunderstanding. So I would say that like really from a time perspective, it's likely negligible what you choose to do regardless, because there's always going to be a time investment. There's always going to be some level of misunderstanding unless you get people that are very, very skilled to understand the nuance of a question like, uh, you know, what is, what are typical email open rates in agriculture? And it's like, well, what kind of agriculture? You know what I mean? Like that is never going to happen from an uneducated human being or a bot.
0: Right, Pete. I know you've already kind of uh, gave us your opinion on chatbots and live chat. Is it is it a better experience? Um, any any other thoughts to add?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not impressed, as you know, with chatbots. They're if you have a if you're trying to generate appointments. Meetings for your sales team. Um, it's I guess it's it's uh it's pretty cool. Um, as you know, for us in our situation, we're not trying to generate appointments, um, calls. We're hoping that people get into the product and then figure it out and uh, kind of walk through our guided onboarding setup process in the app. Uh, and so I don't find them that useful. And I think for the same reason, Andrea was just saying like. There's a lot of nuance to for our product, right? Um, somebody might come in and say, "I'm trying to track my um, my visit my website visitors from Facebook," and, and so uh, that could mean any number of different things when it comes to actually viewing that. It could be data from Facebook, could be data from Google Analytics, could be data from some other a- analytics tool that they have. So, or they might not even have an analytics tool. And so, there's so many variables there that the person chatting with them has to. Um, no to ask, and then ask, and then based on the answers, uh, adapt their recommendation. So I think that's uh, diff- very difficult. I haven't seen any chatbots that do that. Uh, if they exist, I'd love to hear hear about them. Um, and so, as you know, John, we're building out uh, a team there just to do that. We have one person been doing it for about six months. We just added a second person. We're adding two more people. Um, in order just to guide people in their, in their setup. And we'll take the learnings there and build that back into the product interface. But um, I don't see chatbots in the short term having a, an impact there, although obviously the the live chat certainly certainly has right. proven uh, valuable so far. And I expect to. And I'm planning to scale that up because, because right. it is so valuable.
0: Important distinction, yeah. I, I think chatbots, and I've made the analogy before to UP, like – I wonder if people were this excited in, like, the 70s or 80s when automated answering <laughs> services. Like, th- this right. is the next big thing. Like, I, I'm right. the worst version of myself when I'm on, mm-hmm. like, hold and it's, like, uh, like Apple support or Verizon, right. whoever it is. And it's, like, telling me yeah. to speak into the phone. And, like, I'm literally the worst version of myself. Like, right. I just want to talk to a person. Um, yeah. so live yeah. chat. Yeah. I
3: had to call um uh, Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had to call Yale Appliance the other day. They're an appliance store who I love. They're amazing absolutely Um two locations, one in Boston, one outside of Boston in They sell all kinds of appliances and we need a new dishwasher. So I called and it's and it, it it had to tell me like our message has recently changed. Um actually this might not even be Yale, it might be somebody else. But uh and, and I like I had to call them three times, so I had to listen to that please listen to our options. Our messages have changed recently. It says such a nice, calm, slow voice, right? it's like, I really don't wanna have to listen to that sentence again. Um, Yeah, so I agree. I
1: think an important thing is you can't do this in a vacuum. You really need other online support information that's easy to find in addition to chat. So that, you know, for example, somebody tried to hack my Amazon account last night. So I tried to find the fraud report on Amazon and there is no such thing you have to go to the straight to the customer service page which doesn't tell you anything so you go around in a circle you know so simple things like that could really beef up that sort of customer response I hope you don't catch him because I'm expecting a lot of packages here yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, let's 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 uh, let's end on last question where are we as an industry on gated content um, a lot of this a lot of these conversations precipitated because of obviously gated content ebooks uh now whether or not the world needs another ebook that's an argument for another day um but drift famously kind of started you know accelerated this conversation when when they removed all the forms uh off their gated content um now they they do have chat bots and in live chat in a lot of cases where they still try to you know have some level of information so um, it's not like they removed all aspects of customer intelligence or, or lead intelligence from their from their premium content, but where are we on gated content? Like, Andrea, are you? Uh, th- sh- are, should we still be putting forms behind eBooks? Like, a lot of this should depend on like what kind of product or service you have, right? Like, Drift has a very viral product. Um, Hundred thousand businesses using it, powered by Drift. Like, that's a that's a great acquisition tool. So you, you might be able to afford to remove your lead forms. Not everybody might have that luxury. What are your thoughts on, on gated content?
3: Uh, I'm not for it, so, no. I mean, I think that, you know, I believe in the ubiquity of learning, right? Like, I sort of have, like, a really aggressive fundamental um, issue with hiding or needing to pay for a level of education. And, like, I think that, like, especially, I mean, listen, I sell to marketers, right? And so marketers have such a hard job, right? Like the pace of which we are moving is insane. The education around these topics is not very good, right? Like most people are going to conferences, investing hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to educate their staff on marketing best practices and like it's not working very well right and so I I think like give the information away um I think what what we need more of is you know and I I hate how bastardized the idea of um I don't even like saying the word. I I forgot it. What is is the word for like, you bring everything together in a nice cute little package for people curate, right? Like, I love the idea of curation. um, But I think there's so few people that even do that well. Right. So like, I guess to me, you know, if, if you want to communicate what your product does, or you want to communicate this grand master plan and idea, right? Like you want to evangelize account-based marketing. You want to evangelize something like you need to, at some point, give things away to people and get them excited and create a movement and create change. Um, and I think that that's more important than collecting this piece of information from, to John's point, somebody that maybe not is not even your target. And you know, I'm a big database person. So like, and obviously everyone on this call probably is, but I I think like what I see happens mostly is like, I get some junk email that I now have to manage, right? I sort of alluded to that before. Like anytime that drift encourages people to put in a false email, like I know I've done something wrong immediately because that's not my intention. Like I don't just need emails, right? Like if anyone still has a metric that they're basing their salary or success on of, database growth, like you're messing it up, right? Like I don't need bad emails. I need the right emails. And more than I need the right emails, I need the right interaction and connection with people who believe in the thing that I'm selling. And as marketers, it's our job to make people believe in something bigger and greater than just this idea of like, uh, you need the software. Like, no, I don't. Am I changing something about my day to day? Are you relieving some human pain (laughs) that exists within me? Because if you're not, then we're all, what are we, what are we doing? So I, you know, I'm like, rainbows and unicorns, uh, (laughs) very, very like Buddhist about a lot of this stuff. So, so that's my opinion is like, you know, I I think it's not hard for people to buy from you. You know what I mean? Like if somebody wants your stuff, like they're going to figure out a way to get it. I don't think that I need to force them into giving me their information. Um, And I also, I guess just fundamentally, like, you know, the question was asked earlier around, like, you know, people aren't going to always remember you. Well, then I'm not doing my job, right? Like if I'm not Yep. creating top of mind awareness enough for you in the marketplace, if I'm not surrounding you with experiences that excite you and delight you to come with me on this journey, then like, what am I doing?
0: Peach and more companies be given their their resources, ebooks, webinars, whatever it is, give it away for free?
2: Yeah, I think uh, if it's just content, um, it's got to be really good content if you're going to get it. As as you know, I think everybody here knows we don't do eBooks or anything. We generate we've generated I think 3,400 signups last month um, from from for our product without doing any kind of lead capture other than the sign up for our product, um, and we do that through publishing very long form content uh, that pulls in search traffic. And so I think. Marketers should really consider, you know, the value of long-form content published, uh, in, you know, without a gate, as a as a way to capture uh, capture search traffic to bring in social traffic, et cetera, uh, and weigh that as a as a benefit. Um, and if you're going to gate something, I think it needs to be more valuable to the user. Uh, whether that's using something like Snap App to do interactive content uh, and uh, and giving them a, a personal information on chat so that a person can give personalized information Um, or building an app right like obviously DataBox is a software as a service company but we have a free app um, that's pretty generous limits on it Um, almost all of our features are available in it and so uh, giving that away I think is is a much better trade uh, for the person that's uh, reading our content
0: what says you John about gated content. Are we at a point now where? Well, yeah, I'll be
1: short about this. I, I give a wholehearted high five to Andrea and Pete. I, I agree with everything they said. Mm-hmm. The, and I'll just add that I think we need to really think more about the customer experience and actually map that out and put forms in places where it makes sense. If there's some intent by the buyer, or if there's some obvious value proposition to you know to go forward and give them something else that makes sense, like Pete said. But otherwise, no. I mean, you know, come on. E- either do it or don't do it. You know,
0: it never made sense yeah. to, to gate the information that you want to spread widely. Yeah, uh, right. but it's it's, it's yeah it, it's 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 where we were at. All right, I want to end on just one final, quick final point from everyone. So Andrea, give us your give us your final point.
3: Oh my gosh! You keep yeah. starting with me. Um, my final. You're just about great. website conversion. I don't know. Just about someone cover- else go first. <laughs>
2: I'll do it. It's, it's a. Don't drop your forms if you have forms that're working. Don't do anything silly. I think um, continue to do lead generation in the traditional way if it's working for your business and. Um, but you should experiment with more, newer things like interactive content, building an app, chat, etc. Because those are better and better ways, better ways to trade value with a, a visitor and give them something of value
0: immediately.
1: Yeah, my final thought is that Big Brother is coming. Think about <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: That's one. dark, Andrea. Take, take us on with something, something a little <laughs> more, something <laughs> uplifting,
3: yeah, something, um, something light. I I mean of I course really. In rain, Unicorns, rainbows. Um, No, I I really do like the idea of uh, challenging everything, right? So like every consultant knows that the most common question is like, what's your best practice for this, right? And like, I, I think it's a great point that you have to find what works for your business and test, optimize, constantly experiment and talk to your customer, really, right? Like, what do they like? What do they not like? You can get some of that from these experiences from looking at the data. But you also, I think, just, like, go talk to people. You'll learn incredible things about what they do and don't like about your experience with them. Um, and so that's that's my advice is, like, yes, test, optimize, do cool shit, um, and then, you know, share it. Like, marketing, great ideas are spread through stuff like this. So I love it. Thanks for for putting it together,
0: John. Yeah, I I think the the last, yeah, I I think, um, yeah, this was not chaos. I I appreciate you guys (laughs) coming on and testing out the format. I think we'll, I think we'll try it again. So this was not chaos. I had a lot of fun. I don't think we're going to end this debate, but hopefully we covered a few different viewpoints and get people to think a little bit. So thanks, Andrea. Thanks, John. Thanks, Pete, for coming on and, and giving this a shot.